The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and fans, it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want even more action? Then get in on the experience, the thrill of the DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10, at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code AOD to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code AOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 877-HOPE-NY in New York. OPGR.org in Oregon. Call text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532 to 3,500 in Virginia. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. A wise man once said self-deprecation builds trust. And hopefully that's what I'm doing with you, the audience, when I reveal the following statement. It has been a rough week here on this segment as we remain in desperate pursuit of a first victory on the week. We're trying to make sense of the seven events we've been monitoring here all week long, of course. Two of them happening on the tour level on the women's side. We've got a 125K for the women in Bucharest. Four challengers we've been watching closely as well. And yet Thursday was just an embarrassment for this segment. Not only did we lose our two ace of the day selections, all three of the players we picked all ended up losing their matches. And it was a particular dagger in my back when Jerry Shung, who we had to cover a two and a half game spread, he loses the first set 7-6, reaches a second set tie break. All he has to do is lose that breaker and we cover the spread. But no, Shung goes on to win that second set, goes up two love in the third, only to physically go away for the rest of the match. Loses that third set 6-2. Jordan Thompson ends up covering those two and a half games. And we find ourselves now 0-6 here through three days of picks on the week. Nevertheless, when you're in the picks business, you have to maintain a glass half full perspective. And as you Cracked Rackets listeners know, there's nothing I like to think I do better than try to find the positives out of so many negatives. At the very least, you could have faded me all week long, gone again. Against my picks, you'd be 6-0 and overall. Shout out to you if you've managed to do just that. And hey, 
trying to offer profit in whatever way is possible, even if that means picking against me if I'm offering you any sort of insight. I suppose I'm doing my job here. But again, I owe you, the listener, better than the start to this weekend. Thanks to the opportunities we have via our friends at DraftKings. Hopefully, much like the 2022 U.S. Open, things will even out in the end. And with that perspective in mind, see, we managed to switch glass half full. I am energetic, enthusiastic, as always, heading into Friday, September 16th in the professional tennis world, of course. As we have all week long, I'm going to veer away from the Davis Cup picks, the Davis Cup action. You, you know, I again, I, I learned recently that Davis Cup is now best of three, not best of five in terms of rubbers played, total matches played per Davis Cup battle. I know that they're now playing this week to try and set up the Davis Cup finals, which I think are happening in a month, but I still don't have a full grasp on the format of what this Davis Cup now looks like as such. I just don't feel comfortable offering picks. I don't know who the home teams are. Are we playing these matches at neutral sites now? You know, I still have to do a little bit of catch up in terms of figuring out the Davis Cup situation. So I'm not going to throw them into the mix, even if it would be nice to have additional matches to choose from. I will say to all of you Crack Rackets fans, we will be covering the Davis Cup on Friday on the Mini Break podcast feed. That episode may be posted on Saturday. Nevertheless, be on the lookout for it on our website, Crack Rackets, on our social media, or on the Mini Break podcast feed, which you can find on our website or wherever you listen to your podcast. But of course, our Focus here today. The seven events I referenced earlier that we've been monitoring all week long. It's got to turn our way at some point. I think I've got winners on Friday. I'm feeling pretty good about my two aces of the day. So with that in mind, I want to run you through my two picks, explain my reasoning, run through the tactical battles, and then, of course, look at the rest of the board. Look at the day's matches. What should you be watching as a tennis fan so that you have a grasp on that on everything Excuse me, that happens on Friday, September 16th with that in mind? Courtesy of our friends at DraftKings, let's get into into it. Here are my GSP aces of the day for Friday. Let's start with a little game spread action. How about the week of former world junior number one, Diane Perry in Porto Rose? And Perry is a player we've discussed frequently here on this mini break podcast this year, the former world junior number one, an electric athlete, that Davidovich Fokina, Tommy Paul, Francis Tiafo tier of athlete, in my opinion, in the women's game, so explosive with her first step, that plus one forehand, how easy and fluid her service motion is, how it sets up everything she wants to do, how comfortable she is moving forward. And as a volleyer, your game, your skills shouldn't be this developed at 20 years old. And simply put, hers are. Now, is her one-handed backhand a bit of a liability, particularly against pace? Absolutely. Is she a little limited defensively on that backhand side, playing the slice more frequently than she does the top spin? Absolutely. It's rare you see a one-hander nowadays in the women's game. When I think about it, Victoria Gullibick and I think Diane Perry, I believe those are your two one-handers in the top 100 right now. But again, it's been a incredible week for Diane Perry. Starts out with a three-set win over Donna Vekic, a straight-set win today over another rising star in the women's game, Anastasia Potapova. Of course, we made the mistake of picking against Perry yesterday, and I said I'm picking the money line, not the game spread, because I didn't feel comfortable that 
Potapova was going to cruise in that match, given all the things Perry can do. But look, it's been a very good run for Diane Perry, who now with her quarterfinal in Puerto Rose reaches her third tour-level quarterfinal of the season. It's the first three quarterfinals she's made at the tour level in her career. Of course, you look for her of late to have had all of those quarterfinals come in the back half of the year. She reaches quarterfinals in Palermo, quarterfinals, semifinals, I should say, in Granby. Now, quarterfinals in Puerto Rose as well. Don't let Diane, I said this exact same thing yesterday. In terms of her tour level record this season, Diane Perry, 15 and 16, which on its surface, under 500, I know, but it's the first time in Diane Perry's career she's played north of 10 matches, let alone 30 matches at the tour level. The fact that she has made three quarterfinals, the fact that she made two third rounds at the majors this year, French Open where she beat Krachikova, Wimbledon where she beat Kanepi, speaks to the growth we've seen from Diane Perry. And you look at Perry's stats here this season, the big thing is the hold percentage. You look for Diane Perry who held serve 79% of the time at the ITF level last season. That 79% number would be a top three number on the WTA tour amongst top 50 players, if obviously unadjusted for level of competition. That's that's what flashes for Diane Perry. Her ability to hold serve and play on her terms consistently and play front foot aggressive tennis. You know, you look for Diane Perry, the fact that this season at the tour level, she is now holding over 70% of the time and the average of a WTA top 50 player is holding 71.4% of the time. Diane Perry currently at 70.8. So I suppose she's just below that average now. I apologize for my confusion in the math, but she's 20 years old and she's already close to that average against tour level competition. And again, when she was playing competition similar to her level at the ITFs, she was dominating on serve. And you can just tell as she grows more accustomed to the speed of the tour game, as she continues to develop her strength and just more experience, more repetitions, that serve flashes plus upside. And, you know, that's why I think she is going to take care of business tomorrow as she takes on Annalena Friedsam. Friedsam, the qualifier, an impressive three-set victory over Emma Raducanu in round number two. She played that match, uh, obviously, on Thursday, as did Perry. So no day off for either player parry through in straight sets freed some on court a little bit longer on Thursday always something to factor in you look for Anna freed some here this season uh it's a big run for the qualifier who's now of course 28 years old former top 50 player currently sitting at 213 entering the week this is her first quarterfinal at the tour level this season and you look for Friedsome overall in her career you know not a ton of quarterfinals in her belt this is now going to be the 10th of her career first since March 2020 um look Diane Perry's played better this season against a higher level of competition than Annalena Friedsam. And Friedsam's got some weapons. There's no doubt about that. I do worry about the flat pace that Friedsam will bring point in, point out, attacking that Diane Perry backhand. But, you know, Diane Perry's had people attack her backhand for or the entire duration of her playing career. She's 20 years old. Let's say she's been playing for 12 years now competitively. Everyone has probably been going after her backhand. And if that's the only thing you can do, if you can't spread the court well, 
you know, open up attacking that backhand by going into her forehand wing with some power to offset her rhythm. You know, if you don't if you don't have a dynamic game style from the baseline, I just I think Perry's going to be able to be on her front foot. I think she's going to be the aggressor. I'm not particularly scared of the Anna Friedsome serve. You look for Friedsome in her career in tour-level matches. At her peak, she was holding 71.6% of the time. Of late, she's held under 68% of the time. She's only breaking serve 30% of the time at the tour level as well. Again, does Friedsome have an elite skill, something she can do with repetition? She broke down Emma Raducanu today, no doubt about that, and she, you know, with her weapons, but Raducanu played so much more passively from the baseline than I think Perry will in this matchup. So I think Diane Perry rides this momentum. I think she gets to a second career semifinal, uh, and I think she, you know, perhaps even breaks the top 50 this week, and maybe we see a maiden title run. I thought she was striking her forehand that well, even if Potapova offered her a plethora of errors on the day. Give me the rising Diane Perry. I know some of these young players have burned me early in the week, but Perry, a couple of good wins under her belt. I'm going to take Diane Perry, not only to win, I'm going to take her to cover the two and a half games as well. So you take her on the money line tomorrow, Diane Perry, still a pretty decent value, minus 190. You smack dab in the parlay zone, but if you're betting a minus 190 with an, if your unit is enough money, you know, betting 20 bucks to win win a little over 10, not the worst value overall. You take her down to the two and a half games, it's minus 110 odds. I think Perry wins this match in straight sets, and I don't think it's going to be six and six. And if she does that, she covers the straight sets. Uh, She covers the two and a half games, excuse me. Give me Diane Perry, minus two and a half games over Friedsome, minus 110, 1.1 unit to win one in return. That's ace of the day number one, ace of the day number two. We're going to try it one more time here, folks, and if it doesn't work, we'll abandon it. We're going with a money line parlay, two players I feel particularly good about tomorrow. And it's tough to feel particularly good about anyone, and I'll explain why as you run through the board. A lot of tight matches, no matter where you look in the professional tennis world, but I like Elena Rabakina tomorrow, who's a minus 330 money line favorite and a 69.6% favorite according to Tennis Abstract, against Lucia Tsarenko. You look for Rabakina this season. It has been a streaky year. Despite the 34-16 and 16 record, Rabakina competing in just her fifth quarterfinal of this 2022 season this week in Porto Rose. She'll take on Alessia Tsarenko, who's had a great event just far. Tsarenko, a three-set win over Rusa, a five-and-six victory over Ekaterina Alexandrova in the round of 16. Look, again, it's been a good year for the former world number 23. Sorenko now 25 and 13 overall this season. That said, 3 and 7 against top 50 opponents. Now she beat Rabakina in three sets in Eastbourne, but obviously that's a grass court match, not a hard court match. We saw what that loss to Sorenko did for Rabakina heading into Wimbledon. She lost to her the week before in three sets uh in Eastbourne. In that match, you look for Elena Rabakina. She was dominant with her first serve. She won over 80, uh, or excuse me, she won 80% of her first serve points, only faced six break points in the match, but Rabakina could not find her rhythm as a returner on the grass courts in that match. She also made just 51% of her first serves. Now, 
the concern would be, you look at Rabakina's two wins this week. She's only made 50 and 52% of her first serves, respectively, in her two victories. That said, she's playing much better from the baseline. She's returning significantly more comfortably on these hard courts, and she's found ways to win to round her game into form despite the low first serve percentage. And when she is landing that first serve, she's been dominant behind it so far this week. You know, I think Serenko may have already played her best tennis. I think Rabakina is yet to peak in the week. I think this may be where we see Rabakina step things up a level. And you look for Elena Rabakina overall on the year against players ranked outside the top 50. She's 23 and 4 overall. Now, again, one of those losses is to Lucia Serenko, but I just don't see Serenko beating Rabakina twice in a three month stretch. So, again, Serenko 3-7 and seven versus the top 50 here this season. You look for her overall on hard courts, 1-3. in three, uh, And over the course of the past three seasons, she's now, uh, I believe, what, 3 and, uh, excuse me, 2-6 and six overall against top 50 opponents on hard courts. So give me Rabakina, her power tennis, to overwhelm Serenko, her to get a little revenge. Just win out on the money line. Again, no game spread. We're taking that minus 330. And we're parlaying her with the teenage sensation Linda Fruvertova. Fruvertova's taken on the two-seed Vivara Gracheva, the talented, I believe, 22-year-old now yeah, 22-year-old Russian. Uh, Gracheva's got some weapons. The backhand's big. Her forehand's got a funky backswing, but when she connects with it right, it can rip through the court. The backhand, the more impressive of the two wings for Gracheva, who's currently sitting at 80 in the rankings. But she's an underdog tomorrow as she takes on teenage sensation Linda Fruvertova, the 17-year-old, again, minus 205 favorite against the second-seeded Gracheva. Now, Gracheva wins over... Uh, Tekcheva and Carol Zhao to get to this quarterfinal for Fruvertova, a win over Liang in round one, and then maybe her best win of the season, four and two over Rebecca Peterson to get to this quarterfinal. Now, you look for Linda Fruvertova at the tour level. She is now into the quarterfinals here. I believe this is her first, uh, second career, excuse me, quarterfinal of her career at the tour level. She's never made a semifinal. The 17-year-old's yet to make that leap. That said, with a victory, I believe Fruvertova will tentatively be in the top 100 for the first time in the live rankings. You know, watching this match, what can Fruvertova do to not allow Gracheva to step into her forehand, step into that backhand, and, you know, swing freely from the center of the court? How is she going to take time away from the Russian? And, you know, is she well-suited to do that with her game style? And I think the answer to that question is an unequivocal yes. Fruvertova, exceptional on serve all year long. And, you know, you look for Fruvertova in particular yesterday against Peterson. She won 90% of her first serve points, faced only two break points throughout the course of the match. She's so efficient at executing her first strike tennis already. I think the Fruvertova backhand may have even more juice than Gracheva's. And, you know, again, when it's strength on strength and you're leaning towards the 17-year-old, plus I think Gracheva, I like the consistency of her forehand better. I like the depth that she's able to generate on her forehand more frequently. I think Fruvertova may even be a better volleyer at this point. Fruvertova hits her spots better on serve. Gracheva, obviously, you give the edge to in the physical department, but 
I think this match is going to be played on Fruvertova's terms, and I think there's a reason. She's a minus 205 favorite. Now, again, Gracheva uh, looking to make the semifinals here. You look for Gracheva overall this season, 22-23 and 23, uh, in particular. Coming into this run in Chennai, Gracheva had lost 10 consecutive matches after a fairly strong start to this 2022 season. For her to even get two wins under her belt this week, a massive victory. But I think this is a big step up in competition. No disrespect to Carol Zhao, but from Zhao to Frufertova, and I'm not sure Gracheva's game is quite prepared uh, for that step up in level. I'm going to ride with the 17-year-old Linda Frufertova and that minus 205 money line. Now, things may get close, but I think Fruvertova squeaks it out. You parlay that minus 205 with the Rabakka to minus 330. We're down to minus 108, folks. All each of these players have to do, Rabakana, Fruvertova, is win the freaking match. We've earned this win. Come on, tennis gods. Bless us with something, please. We've humbled ourselves with self-deprecation. Now, please, build our trust back. Let's go with the money line parlay. Rabakina, Fruvertova, minus 108, 1.08 units to win one in return. That is ace of the day, number two. Let's get into the rest of Friday's matches happening across the tennis world. Let's look at our board. You look in Porta Rose. The quarterfinals are set. I think Beatrice Haddad Maya beats Anna Bogdan pretty comfortably. Haddad Maya, a minus 265 favorite, though. Something feels a little low, something a little fishy about that. And for Haddad Maya, minus three and a half games, minus 135. That honestly sounds like a pretty good wager, but again, why is that so tempting? Why is that so obvious? Am I overthinking things? Probably, but that's a stay away for me, even though Haddad Maya is 72.6% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract. Sinyakova Paulini is a stay away. Paulini just steals three set matches like this, and after two consistent performances from Sinyakova, you feel like there's a bad set of singles where the errors pile up for her coming. I like the over two and a half sets in that match, plus 115, or the over 21 and a half games at minus 110 more than I like the Sinyakova money line of minus 170 or for what it's worth the Paulini plus 130 of course your final match there uh that is that Sinyakova Paulini and as of right now tennis abstract has Rabakina a 34 percent chance of winning the event of course over in Shania I already mentioned Fruvertova Gracheva you've also got two players coming back from injury Bouchard a 50.6 percent favorite over Nadia Podoroska Podoroska are both players in their first quarterfinals since early in the 2021 season. Podoroska is a minus 130 favorite, despite coming off of a tight three-set victory over Tatiana Maria. Now, you can understand why. Maria, a far more difficult opponent than anything Bouchard has had to face this week, even though Bouchard has yet to drop a set. I'd go with the over 21 and a half games at minus 110, maybe the over two and a half sets at plus 115 as well. Otherwise, that match is a stay away for me. Same with Lynette Marino. I take the over, minus 115, 21 and a half games, more than I like either of their money lines. Lynette now up to a minus 165 favorite, of course. You've also got Habino, minus 125 favorite over Katie Swan. That might be where the Swan plus 105 might be slightly intriguing to me, although Habino, 57.3% favorite. According to Tennis Abstract, those are your two tour-level women's events, of course, at the 125 in Bucharest quarterfinal set as well. It's going to be Begu versus Bandel. Money line not even worth touching. Irani versus Masarova. 
Irani plus 100, Masarova minus 125. I'm done betting on Irani matches this week. Sharif Zanevska, that's another one. Over 20 and a half games, minus 120. That match is going to be a grind. Udvardi, minus 170 favorite over Yanni, who got a good win today over Simona Walter. Ends her run in three sets. Those are your women's events to monitor, of course, over on the men's side. Four challengers. We're keeping our eyes on. Going to be a fun day in Cary. Dennis Kudla, who's escaped with two three-set victories over young Americans, Svida and Emilio Nava, uh, now going to take on the fifth seed, Fasundo Mina, who I believe is in the quarterfinals of a hardcourt challenger for just the third time in his career. Mina, closing in on the top 100 for what it's worth, but a tough test for him in Kudla. I would probably lean Dennis Kudla in that match. You look at the money line right now. Kudla, a minus 400 favorite, so I think the public would agree with me. You've also got Sandgren Kopfer, two guys who have trained together, Billy Heiser School. Um, you know, Sandgren working his way back physically much better than his ranking would suggest. He's a plus 230 underdog tomorrow against Dom Kofer, who had two, you know, tough matches so far against Keegan Smith and Alexander Kovacevic, respectively. Plus 230 is too much. I take the over in that match, over 21 and a half games, minus 115, but probably stay away no matter what. Michael Moe uh, advances after a withdrawal from Alex Rybakov. He'll now take on Uchiyama, who earns a withdrawal halfway through his match against Stefan Kozlov today. And then Jordan Thompson going to take on the winner of Harrison Chapel, which has yet to finish as of this recording. You look at the other quarterfinals, Istanbul. I don't want any of the action. They're all funky to me. You know, Elbot, too big of a favorite. Ofner, too big of a favorite. Locoli versus Rosal, no thanks. Mayotte versus Blancano. I have a tough time delineating which of the many Frenchmen ranked 100 to 300 right now. Who's the best of the bunch on any given day? It really depends. Uh, so that tournament is a stay away from me, even if it is going to be fun. Of course, over in France, a lot of Frenchmen having success, a lot of good matches on the board. This is your best challenger on Friday. No doubt you've got Hugo Gaston, who is an underdog against Benoit Pair. Pair a 58.8% favorite, according to the money line. Hugo Gaston, though, minus 170. Interessante. Big lefty, Brower versus the lefty, former top 30 player in Ugo Umber, big quarterfinal for Umber. He needs all the points he can get heading into 2023. Goyovchek taking on Barrer, uh, and then Dominic Team taking on Adrian Andre, former top five junior in the world, earned a 7-6 in the third win over third-seeded Hugo Grenier. Team, a straight set win over the fifth seed, Ryan Penniston. That said, six of your top eight seeds still alive. The other two, Andre, a former top junior, and Dominic Team, who's Dominic freaking team. Yeah, Gaston, Pear, Team, Umber. I mean, from a what what what's the term? I don't want to say fair weather fan perspective. If you are a casual fan of tennis, there's the word I was looking for. That's the tournament you should be watching of the four challengers here this weekend. And then in Poland, uh, again, Sung Chin Sin knocked out, upset by Jan Chwinski, 7-6 in the third. Big win for the German. He'll take on Dennis Novak next. You've got Del Bonis versus Brancaccio, Mute versus Arnaldi, Carbeas Benia versus Shevchenko. Good to see Mute capitalizing on his U.S. Open momentum. 
Edmonton. But that's your look at Friday, September 16th in the professional tennis world. Of course, we recap every day over on the Mini Break podcast feed. So if you're looking to hear about what happened, be sure to check out that podcast, which you can find on our website, Cracked Rackets, on social media, or wherever you listen to your podcast feeds. Of course, a shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Shout out as well to our friends at DraftKings for their support. With that said, aces of the day. Perry, minus two and a half games, minus 110, 1.1 unit to win one. A Rabakana, Fruvertova, Moneyline Parlay, minus 108, 1.08 units to win one in return. Those are your aces of the day, tennis gods. Please deliver us a first victory. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. Thank you.